Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Today, we've got a great story of revenge against the person who tried to ruin a wedding. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, scam phone caller. Can I get more petty? So, I get a scam phone call allegedly from US Customs and Border Patrol. I'm in big trouble. Press 1 to talk to an agent right now. Okay. I press 1. The agent says, full name please. I said, you called me, don't you know? They say, I need to verify who I'm speaking with. I say, oh, okay. Hunt. First name, iMac. The agent then says the name, and I say, excuse me, I couldn't hear you. The agent says it louder this time. I said, I have bad hearing, could you speak up really loud? The agent much louder said the name three times in a row, and I said, yes, you are. If you don't get it, read it out loud. Well, I'm definitely not going to say the name out loud, because first of all, if I said it, it would be patently false. But yeah, that's a pretty good way to deal with people like this who are clearly scam callers. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, Bully My Ref, Become a Laughing Stock. I was sharing the story with my friends on the weekend and they suggested posting it. Back when I, male 38, was in my mid-twenties, the person who organized referees for minor soccer in my community retired from the volunteer position. Being the longest serving referee there, I was asked to take over the position, which I gladly did. I was happy to take on the role because my father was the convener for the league and it taught me to ref while he was the head referee in a neighboring community. When I came back home after school, I settled a couple of towns away and decided to stay involved. I never scheduled myself for games, so I could step in if someone wasn't able to make it. The result was that, most weeknights from May to August, I would be at the local pitches, just a block from my house. Aside from being on-site in case of an emergency, this also allowed me to guide newer referees if they ran into trouble. One such night, I was watching two games being played. One was an under-12 match, 10 and 11-year-old players, refereed by a 17-year-old young lady we'll call Nikki, who had just started as a referee. It was a muddy night, so she was calling a tight game as to not encourage reckless play. As is taught at every refereeing certification I've been to, one of the visiting coaches, let's call him Coach Chad, felt she was calling too much and being too by the book and yelled at her through the entire first half of the game. Nikki saw me at halftime and came to ask if she was doing okay. Since she started, I told her that referees aren't perfect, but it's important to be confident in your calls regardless. I also told her that the pitch is her responsibility and she can remove anyone, especially coaches, for being disrespectful. The second half started with Coach Chad back yelling until, at a stoppage, Nikki reminded him it's a game for kids and she didn't want to have to ask him to leave. Coach Chad didn't take kindly to that and then made the mistake of entering the field to challenge Nikki. After seeing the worst from parents through refing for a decade, I had no interest in losing another referee to this kind of abuse or seeing the situation get worse, so I slapped my badge on and walked across the field. Also, where I am, entering the field is equivalent to walking on the ice during a hockey game to talk to the ref. It's not done. 
Coach Chad, who had no idea who I was, looked relieved to have me walking across the field, which immediately made me realize he isn't just a jerk, he's likely a sexist as well. I asked what was going on. Coach Chad said, she doesn't know what she's doing. Nikki said, I'm call... Coach Chad jumps in, she won't let the kids just play the game, she calls every small infraction. I want her reported. At this point, I was furious because Nikki was a good ref and was keeping the game safe and calling the advantage properly. Coach Chad just didn't like his team or kid having to follow the rules. I explained to Nikki I'd chat with her in a moment and gave Coach Chad the contact information and name for the head referee, me, then told him to call after the game as the head referee was busy until then. He walked away happy. I then told Nikki to keep going, as she had, as Coach Chad just thought he could bully her due to her age. I grabbed my gear and sat right between Coach Chad and the parents of both teams and filled out my part of an incident report for the league while the game went ahead. Either the exchange or my presence had a calming impact on Coach Chad. Sure enough, as soon as the game ended, Coach Chad came over to the stands, got his phone from, I'm assuming his partner, and started to make a phone call. My cell and my bag rang and I answered it while walking over to him. He started BSing about the game and Nikki until he heard me in stereo as I came up beside him. He was angry, telling me I was going to be sorry when the real head referee found out what I'd done. At this point, the home coach came over to see what was going on. Chad asked him who the head ref was. The home coach looked puzzled and said, OP. Chad looked smug and asked me my name, which I told him. The home team coach was more puzzled at this point, but some of the home team parents started laughing. I smiled, taking my opportunity to go on the offensive, and said if he ever treated a perfectly capable referee the way he did that night again, I'd know, because the refs in the league across all the centers keep in touch. I then told him to leave my pitch. He got more angry and said he was going to complain to the league, at which point more of the parents started laughing, knowing my father would be the one to take the call and run the review. This made Chad angrier. At this point, I was feeling pretty good, but the universe wasn't done with Chad yet. The piece de resistance came minutes later when he realized he left his clipboard and team balls on the bench and came back to get them. Instead of hiking around a knee-high barricade, he tried to step over it and slipped and fell, leading to all the children on both teams laughing as he landed face first in an inch-deep mud puddle. From what my dad told me, Chad quit coaching after that year. Honestly, no surprise that a guy who thoroughly embarrassed himself to that degree would hang it up after that year. Although, how much do you want to bet that after this experience, Chad went around complaining about nepotism, probably blamed OP and their family for having a stranglehold over the whole thing rather than addressing the fact that they were a total jerk. Our next story is The Entitlement. This isn't a long story, but it was a quick, easy, petty revenge on entitled buttheads. Quick note, this story takes place in a gas station in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and we had USCNs come in often. Border is really close. Most weren't an issue, but this one couple just caught me on a bad day. They walk in and the woman walks up to the counter and asks, do you guys take real money? After a moment of confusion, I asked her what real money was and replied in a very snarky, how stupid can you be voice, you know, American? After I took a deep breath and swallowed the immediate rage, it felt really good telling them we don't. We did. I just wanted them to pay the $3.25 ATM fee after that. Do you take American? No, sorry. In fact, currency's so locked down here, we can only accept loonies and toonies. 
I'd love to see the look on their face when they're told that. Also, I think this is the first time I've ever heard USians. I had to look that up. Our next story is, husband who dumped me now pays me to not file for divorce. My husband of 25 years decided he wanted to split up. I unsuccessfully begged him to change his mind and spent a lot of nights crying on the bathroom floor. One thing to note is that I carried the health insurance for the family. He's self-employed. When he wouldn't change his mind, we filed for legal separation and he moved out. In the meantime, I got a banging new job that covers 100% of the health and dental insurance premiums for the entire family, with a $100 deductible. Sweet. He's still allowed to be on my insurance, since we're legally separated rather than divorced, and it costs me nothing to have him on my insurance. But I am petty as heck, so I charge him $400 a month for something that costs me zero. He, of course, is welcome to get insurance on his own in the marketplace, which would probably cost at least two times that amount for an equivalent policy. I make sure he knows it costs me nothing, not a zip, to have him on my insurance, and that his $400 a month payment is funding my upcoming trip to Spain. If you have a legal separation, getting a divorce in my state is just a matter of filing a form and paying 60 bucks. If I did that, he couldn't be on my insurance anymore. So he's basically paying me $400 a month not to file for divorce after not wanting to be married anymore. I love it. Isn't it really kind of weird how much you can benefit and get bonuses out of being married? There's so many little financial things that you can just accomplish in a much easier or much more advantageous way just because you are married. It's almost kind of sad in some situations. I've heard stories of best friends getting married so that one person's kid can get insurance coverage from the other person. Our next story is jerk at work who's rude to everyone. This young bloke at work, factory, rude to everyone, he's almost always looking for a reaction from others. I asked what his problem was, got told to shut the freak up, so I ignored him and he continued to be annoying to everyone else. Then when everyone went out to Smoko, my friend and I were the last to head out as usual, I stabbed a box cutter into his plastic drink bottle. My friend saw me do it. Later I went to the toilet and apparently that's when he went to take a drink and it leaked all over his grey jumper. My friend had to hide behind a bunch of boxes because she was trying so hard not to laugh but could see him looking around to see who possibly could be the culprit. I missed out on seeing this but the fact that he said nothing about the incident to no one said everything about how it got to him. Friend thought it was brilliant. I agree. To be fair, I'm personally kind of paranoid, so I probably wouldn't leave my drink bottle around where anybody could probably tamper with it. I mean, if this guy was going around being a jerk to everyone and then left their drink bottle just sitting somewhere, who really do they have to blame? Our next story is Halloween Horror Story or Hilarious. Back in 1987, I was 7, my 13-year-old big brother took me trick-or-treating with him and his girlfriend. We were later joined by his friends, twin brothers who I'll leave nameless. They'd learned where their junior high school principal lived years before, and had a tradition of kicking in the faces of her meticulously carved pumpkins and slashing her tires. They made sure to wear masks in case she heard the ruckus, and basically thought they were committing the perfect crime. Apparently she'd had enough and decided to get her revenge. She purchased two brass, I'm guessing the material, pumpkins, and painted them to look realistic. And when one of the idiots tried kicking one halfway across Arizona, the only sound made was a crunch, followed by a blood-curdling scream. Several toes and bones were fractured. Even though I know I saw her curtain move, she never once came out of the house. 
The following Monday, the principal stood outside her office as students entered the building. When the broken brother, nicknamed Brother's Girlfriend, gave him, yes, it stuck, most call him BB to this day, crutched his way past her with a huge cast on his lower leg, she of course asks, Oh, sweetie, what happened to you? She also made sure to give him her brightest smile every morning afterwards till summer vacation started. Turns out she committed the perfect crime. They couldn't even tell their parents what she'd done without admitting what they'd been doing. And the icing on the cake is that she painted laughy faces, her term, on those pumpkins the next year and has every Halloween since. This is really like a good spin on the classic mailbox story where people always come by with a baseball bat and whack a mailbox, or people hit it with their vehicles. You cement that down, you fill it with rocks, you go full military engineer on it. I've heard it was so prevalent that in some places they made making your mailboxes reinforced like that illegal. Maybe because it's a safety hazard for cars if they hit it. But there's nothing you can say about putting a brass pumpkin in your front yard. Unless you're in an HOA. Our next story is, you want me to speedrun the game so you have someone to talk to it about? Sure, I hate it now. I, 25 year old female, have a friend, 25, who's been wanting me to play a game in a certain franchise for years now. It's not that I'm not interested, I've just been more invested in other things. After 5 or so years, I finally crack down to play it and absolutely love it. My friend is equally excited and can't wait for me to get to their favorite parts. No, literally they can't wait. Almost daily I'm hounded with DMs asking how I like the game. Did I meet A yet? Have I done B yet? Have I finished C quest? Why is it taking so long for me to finish C quest? I prefer taking things on my own time, especially with a game of this scale. I want to take my sweet time exploring and finding things as I go. I feel like I'm progressing the plot at a decent pace, 50 hours into a game that other people have spent 300 on, and I'm doing fun side quests. Also I have other hobbies and I've been playing the game along with the other things going on in my life. I've filled them as such, and they're not very happy about it. At first they were supportive, if not a little pushy for me to play the game. When I would talk about certain plot points and gameplay that I enjoyed, they'd brush off my gushing and say things along the lines of, Oh, you haven't seen anything yet. You're not ready. Keep going. As I juggled between the game's two main missions, they pushed me to do one over the other because it's where the good stuff happens. Despite me saying multiple times that I wanted to go at my own pace and do both missions together, they hounded me with more messages about how I wasn't playing right and I need plot. I talked to them about it probably dozens of times and they explained that they were so pushy because they needed someone else to talk to about the game. No, they wouldn't stop hounding me. I needed to keep going. For them. For our friendship. I'd thank them later. Speed run. So I played. I used guides and read up things to finish the game as quickly as I could. I sent them a screen cap of my finished game file and I gave them my honest opinion. I hated it. There was no build up to anything. I didn't know any character well enough to be invested in their struggles. And the puzzles ranged from stupidly easy to unnecessarily complicated. That part of the game that they couldn't wait for me to find? Skipped over the dialogue. I probably won't bother playing the sequel. Maybe this other game on my list would interest me more than something I couldn't savor. Also, I kept a save file from before. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before I rush through everything, I can't wait to actually play the game at my own pace. OP later clarified the game is Breath of the Wild. I could totally understand their friend being super excited about them playing it and wanting them to get to the good bits and be able to talk about it, but you really kinda have to let people experience games the way they want to experience games. I sympathize with OP because I like games, I've never really been too much of a hardcore gamer though, and I never feel like I have enough time to sit down for countless hours every day to actually finish a game, but I enjoy just picking it up every now and then and playing through it a little bit and just enjoying my time with it. Not feeling like I have to have some kind of obligation to complete it ASAP, I enjoy those moments in the game where you just run around and explore the world and look what's in there, try to break the game a bit, try to go to areas you're not supposed to, see how the AI reacts. Peer pressure sucks. This next story is, Karen doesn't like that I removed my rose bushes, so I send her on a goose chase. Been going on for a few weeks now. Long story short, I replaced my rose bushes in front of my house. My house, not her house but my house, you know, the one I own. Anyway, Karen comes over and knocks on my door and tells me she doesn't like that I removed the rose bushes. And I told Karen I don't care. She asked me to clarify what I said and I said, I don't give a freak what you think. Shocked, she goes, you can't speak to me like that. To which I said, well, I just did. She goes, who do you work for? Quick thinking, I go, oh, I work for a local HVAC company as a sales manager. She goes, oh, that's nice. Two days later, Karen comes over and tells me that I've never worked for local HVAC company and I'm lying. I smile and go, oops, forgot I just changed jobs. I work at local digital ad agency. Karen goes off on her merry little way. Three days later, she comes back and advises me it's a crime to lie to her about where I work at. I laugh. She tells me I'm being super unprofessional. I laugh. Boys, I work for a 100% work from home company that no one has ever heard of, and I haven't updated my LinkedIn since I started my job. Not even sure if it would be possible for a regular person to figure out who I work for. I go, fine. Look, you can go complain to my boss if you want, but I'm the GM at the local Ford dealer. It's been four days. No, I don't work at the local Ford dealer. Karen hasn't come back. Sure hope the GM at the local Ford dealer doesn't share a similar name to mine. This is one of those situations where you go, okay, you know what, I'll tell you where I work for, truly, if you tell me where you work. Then if she complies, you tell her, I'll see how your boss feels about your behavior. You don't actually have to report her, just, you know, scare her with her own stupid game. Our next story is, report me after I help you out? This wasn't me, but a family friend slash neighbor, Jack, back in the 80s. It was a while ago, and I was told second or third hand on the events, so the details might not be 100%, but here it goes. 
Jack worked for the county and had many duties including plowing snow. He was assigned the more remote roads in our area and he had a pretty efficient route. It still took him 3 plus hours to do one loop, so it wasn't uncommon for him to be out most of the day with a steady dose of snow. Our township was littered with pockets of neighborhoods, 20 to 40 houses, separated by anywhere from 2 to 10 miles of back roads. One snowy morning, he started his route as usual. He hit the first neighborhood, done, then the next stretch of road, done, and into the next neighborhood. In that second neighborhood, he came upon a guy, Steve, that got his car stuck while pulling out of his driveway. Jack, being the nice guy he is, hopped out and helped Steve get out of the ditch. Steve was grateful because he would have otherwise have been late for work, and off they both went. Later that day, the county received a call from Steve. Not to thank Jack for helping out, but to complain about his car being damaged and demand the county pay for it. According to Steve, in the process of being saved from the ditch, Steve's bumper was dinged. Jack said he didn't notice anything wrong with his bumper or anything else with his car. If there was something, it could have easily have happened when the guy went into the ditch. Regardless, a report was officially filed and Jack had to have a short meeting with his manager. Other than that, Jack wasn't reprimanded, but that didn't stop Jack from dishing a little PR. He altered his route so that Steve's neighborhood was always last and would often skip Steve's road entirely if Jack knew he would be back later in the day for a final pass. He also admitted that he would do his best to add a bit more snow at the end of his driveway without it being too obvious. Hey, someone has to be last. Might as well be Steve. What I don't really understand here is how this guy thought OP could be held liable for any of this. I mean, I guess doing that while they were on the job might make some kind of weird liability risk? But I think anybody reasonable is going to see this, hear what happened, and say, yeah, OP's not at fault for any of that. This next story is, no cupcakes for you. Last week, my sister retired after a 35-year career as a public school teacher. Every year, she bakes cupcakes for her students and decorates each one with the kid's name. On the last day of school, she gives them out along with their final report card. This year, she had three kids who were especially obnoxious. When they bothered to come to class, they were late spent the class period playing with their phones and tormenting the other students. They knew there was nothing she could do since any attempts at discipline are met with an immediate call from an irate parent to the principal, who provides zero support. So this year, when she was handing out the cupcakes, these three didn't get any. And when they complained, she told them that she wasn't going to spend her time and money on treats for the spoiled brats. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I've had teachers who pretty much would act exactly like this, Although what sucks is the teachers who, when you have like one or two troublemaker kids, punishes the whole class and says, you guys all can't behave. Now that sucks. Our next story is, my employer lied and gaslit me. Shall we play a game? I got hired at a job a few months ago working for some high-end retail store with a full-service deli and cafe that caters to the rich and 1%. Their business model was about serving French, Italian, and some Mediterranean foods and beverages with a rustic flair. The kitchen has an open floor plan for guests as a source of entertainment. In between, they sold random retail items, hosted wine tasting and cooking shows to impress vendors and draw their guests in. I only accepted the job because they said they would hire me at full time, provide a free meal which included a drink and a source of income. I had various college degrees and certifications, was a former chef, and did a lot of retail, so it was a no-brainer. This job is going to be beyond easy. However, they lied about the terms of the employment 
and gaslighted me throughout my employment. They kept making excuses and said they made a mistake when hiring. They couldn't find somewhere to place me, kept scheduling me intentionally for part-time hours. What drew the final straw is when their so-called company pet employee messed with my food and drinks, other various workplace harassment, and the fact that management sided with their pet. Never use me, mess with my caffeine, livelihood, and don't ever call me unprofessional. I took some advice from Redditors and terminated my employment with them. However, I wasn't done just yet. In between all of this, I managed to document all the issues I'd experienced at work involving various workplace hazards, food code violations and problems. So I began to set my plan into action, the revenge. After a week of quitting, I immediately reported my former employer to various government entities such as OSHA, Department of Health and Welfare, Board of Labor, and reviewed them poorly on JobSeeker and VendorSeeker websites. I also managed to get a hold of some connections to let people be aware that they shouldn't eat or drink there. The result? I got a response from these various government entities which serve them violations and fines. This gets even better, because they're now required to spend thousands of dollars to fix these issues, which involves replacing, renovating, and putting fixes in place. Some customers are starting to leave bad reviews after what they witnessed what was going on with their food and drinks. The job and vendor reviews I also left have caused them to struggle to find people that are willing to work for or with them. And best of all, not to mention, they lost an important vendor, and I decided to put my personal LLC to use in order to become a rival business. Haveth at thee, you foul beast. OP didn't do what they should have done, they did what they were almost obligated to do after such a craptastic experience like that. I mean, if somebody is so bad and also is doing anything in any form of mishandling food or drink, they deserve to be reported and lambasted for it. This next story is, you screw with my food, I screw with your work. One night after getting home from work, one of my roommates had eaten a lot of the ingredients I'd purchased to make a meal. I went to his room and asked him to go replace them ASAP as I wanted to cook dinner and eat. He shrugged and said he was already at work and he can go in the morning. He worked customer support from home. I was pissed and said I needed them now and he told me to go get stuff myself and he'd Venmo me. I pointed out that it was pissing cats and dogs outside and I don't own a car. He laughed and just shut his door in my face saying, not my issue. I ordered food but due to the crappy weather there was a 2-3 to hour delay. The whole city got flooded and roads were closed. I grabbed my phone and spent over an hour entering chats, opening and closing, with the support division of the company he worked for. As I was about to give up, I finally saw my roommate's very unique name in the greeting message. I then spent two hours of my life making his life miserable, from demanding to be sold products that never existed, to asking for a manager, to telling him about my imaginary husband's scrotex. I stayed in the living room and listened to his screams of frustration as I wasted his time and ruined his productivity and target stats at work. You're supposed to do about two chats every 15 minutes. Towards the end, he even broke script and started begging me to start making sense. At one point I was crying tears of laughter as he smashed his keyboard on the floor and came into the kitchen to smoke. I forgot to mention that he started complaining that some woman was driving him nuts at work. I asked him, my vag giving you a hard time? And he went pale. I cannot stress how stupid he is. The bot asked for my personal info before I entered support and I had given the name my vag fishy. It's pretty obvious what it's supposed to mean. He never noticed it. Safe to say he hasn't touched my food in a while. This just takes pettiness to a whole new level. 
being willing to sit in that portal and refresh over and over until you can inevitably find the right person. Honestly, I would have believed that these people would use fake names too. I just would be surprised that these online support people that say, Hi, I'm so-and-so, how can I help, would actually just be their actual names. This next story is, Try to ruin my cousin's wedding? I ruin your dress. So, a few months ago, my cousin Brooke began planning her wedding. I was the bridesmaid and the backup maid of honor, in case her sister, who was the maid of honor, had to cancel. We have another cousin, Peyton, who is honestly the worst. She needs the attention on her 24-7 and will do anything for it. She has faked pregnancies, miscarriages, and once even tried to convince the family that she was engaged, but she never posted anything or told her own parents. In our community, we go by the motto, without family you have nothing, or something like that, I don't know, so we always forgive her. I knew that Peyton would try something along with some of the aunties, so I made a plan with the maid of honor, Haley. We knew at least one person would show up wearing white. So we had this plan where we would rent red dresses in different sizes and give them to the girls in white dresses who Haley and I would accidentally spill wine or food on. The day of the wedding, Haley and I are out in the lobby of the building and we see Peyton. She is wearing a full-on wedding dress. Not only is it white, it has lace, she's wearing these giant white diamond jewelry. Haley immediately got to work, going to the bar and getting a glass of wine. And let me tell you, she deserved an Oscar. She walked over to Peyton and wobbled her leg a little and spilled the glass all over her dress. She landed on the floor on her knees, and with one hand she spread the stain in the front whilst apologizing, saying how she was so sorry and let me try to wipe it off, while her other hand with the glass spilled the rest of the wine on her backside, making it look like a period stain. I walked and did my little... Oh, what a coincidence. We have spare dresses. Come with me. We'll get you changed. But I wasn't done. There's this teen drama show from the early 2000s that I'm kind of obsessed with. The fake names will give you a hint. In the prom episode, two girls get into a fight, and one girl writes in invisible ink a bad word, and when she steps into the black light, it shows. So I made this concoction of lemon juice and some other stuff. You can look up how to make invisible ink. And while Peyton is changing, I quickly write down some choice words and gave it to her. The wedding goes off without another incident. Surprisingly, no one else tried to wear white. But at the reception, crap hits the fan. Picture it. Everyone entering the hall, we're all waiting for the bride and groom to make their entrance, and then she walks in. Peyton, with those choice words all over her dress. She looks around, admiring the decor and theming and is smiling like a moron. Then she looks down, everyone staring at her. She smiles back at everyone, but as the night goes on, people continue to stare. She thinks her hair is messed up. She thinks there's something in her teeth. But she could never guess that when she looked down, she would see those words. She screamed. No joke, she screamed bloody murder and everyone stared at her, wondering how it took her this long to notice. She ran out of the hall and left. Her husband had to take an Uber home because she drove away so quickly. The best part? Haley and I convinced her that it was the dress shop that did this, that they didn't clean it properly. We gave her a fake email with a randomly made up dress shop that she's been emailing ever since. The most important thing is that Brooke had the time of her life. It's just sad that you have to go to this extent to prepare for somebody who's very clearly going to try to interrupt a wedding, make it all about themselves, and then at the end of the day you got Vin Diesel over here saying, family's everything, we've gotta forgive her. 
But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.